Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Fry the Coop, Dr. Squatch, and by Triple Threat Sports. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends and well-wishers. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau, back after a week out in the deserts of Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm here to talk some hockey with my good buddy, Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score of the I'm Fat Podcast. And, I don't know, let's let's go down the list of accomplishments this week. Uh, invested really heavily in coasters for some reason. Ended up making a lot of money off of middle-aged housewives. Good job, Jay Zawoski. Your retirement portfolio looks great. All right. I'll take hey man, whatever, whatever it takes, I'll take it. That's that's exciting news for me. Uh yeah, I appreciate that one. I did actually, I did make an investment. I bought a pack of those NBA top shot things. A while back. Oh boy, you're you're waiting into territory. I'm not going to be able to follow you into. Well, I'm very fortunate. Uh, my producing partner at the score, Jordan Malley, is like super into it. He he's super into it, so he sort of talked me through. It. And I have, I guess, a really valuable Anthony Davis card. He's like list it for seven hundred fifty dollars, and you're going to get it eventually. I'm like, dude, I paid fourteen dollars for this pack. So if I make fifteen dollars, I'm going to call it a win. So I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to list this for seven hundred fifty dollars, and hopefully it sells. So we'll see how it goes. I'll keep everybody updated. But thank you for joining us here on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Uh, we're going to react to the Hawks Lightning game and a little bit of news uh, over the last couple of days that we should get to as well. But this will be your you know typical post game podcast, and then we'll do another full one probably this weekend or early next week. Uh, but thanks for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at Madhouse Pod. Instagram Madhouse underscore pod. We're on Facebook slash Madhouse Hockey CHI because the people who own Madhouse Pod won't give it to me, even though they don't use it because they're jerks. <sighs> <laughs> also, make sure you visit our website, madhousepod.com. On there, you can be linked to our merchandise shop, madhousepodmerch.com. Lots of cool Madhouse podcasts, hats, sweatshirts, tanks, t shirts, everything you're looking for with our logo. They've got it, and that's powered by our friends at Triple Threat Sports. So the Hawks lose to the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2, to and I know these stacked-up losses are getting frustrating and are getting depressing, and I'm trying to keep a level head about it, and I think I'm doing a good job because it just so happens that the Hawks are playing two of the best teams in hockey over and over and over again. <laughs> for the next three weeks good news they only have two games left against the lightning this season thank god but it's like at least you tried you played you played well enough to win are you giving them a cake for that i'm kind of doing the okay like i can't be too mad because you have zero expectations and this team has all the expectations in the world and when teams like that play each other that's how the game should look right but of course, there were things that were a little bit frustrating, and we're going to get to those as well. Um, but I do want to say, as is tradition, when Dylan Strom returns to the lineup, things go pretty well for him. Now we got to see what happens two weeks from now, right? It doesn't, <laughs> it, it doesn't always feel like when Dylan Strom comes back for injury or he signs his contract, it comes like shot out of a cannon, and then we're like, wow, Dylan Strom's back and worth all the money. And then all of a sudden, he sort of starts disappearing again. Scored a goal. Had four shots on goal, another shot attempt. He won 57% of his faceoffs. Overall, a really solid return to the lineup with Dylan Strom. So let's start there. 
Yeah, I can do that. And obviously, uh, I, I am not the president of the Dylan Strom fan club. I think that's been pretty well established on the podcast. But I, like with any other player on this team, I'm always able to kind of put that aside and kind of dissect a performance. And yes, he did look really good tonight. Had a lot of jump in his game. Uh, it's always nice to get a guy back who's kind of not been playing for a while because it does kind of give you that little bit of boost, that little bit of zip. The Blackhawks really did kind of come out of the gate strong tonight. Had a couple of power play goals uh, relatively early in the game. I really uh, thought they did a nice job, especially that second unit. And uh, Strom was right in the middle of that, obviously. He just – it seemed like he was playing with a lot of speed. Some of the other guys kind of looked like they were dragging a little bit, even though obviously they, you know, didn't play last night or anything like that. But they just kind of look like the road trip is starting to maybe get to them slowly but surely. And he was a great boost of energy, really uh, helped the Blackhawks out, especially early in the game and definitely one of the two or three uh, bright spot performances for the Blackhawks in the game for sure. Yeah, and that's sort of the thing with him is we need Dylan Strome to be that player every night, right? Maybe not the best player on the team every night, but he's got to be an impact guy every night. He makes, what, three and a half million dollars. He's a guy that this team has said, you're part of our future, at least, you know, they did this summer. Uh, and he's got to show it now and he's got to show it every night. And, and yeah, he's only 23, but he's well into his NHL career. And we see when he is fully engaged, he's a very effective player. So one game back from the concussion protocol, you know, he was probably chomping at the bit to get in there and make some plays. And he did. Now it just needs to continue. The other guy I think James played really well is Matthias Janmark. And um, it's always an adventure to go visit the uh, fancy stats with Matthias Janmark because you're like, wow, he played really well. He had a 2% Corsi? <laughs> that happens like all the time. But tonight, the eye test and the metrics match up 72.22% on the Corsi, 13 shot attempts for five against with Janmark on the ice. So uh, that team, that line with Strom, Carpenter, and Janmark certainly found some chemistry, and they were by far the Hawks' best line of the night. Those two, Strom and Yanmark, combined for nine shots on goal. The rest of the team had 13 combined. Yeah, I was waiting for you to uh, – we talked about that stat off air, and it's just – it's so wild to hear it. Like, the rest of the team barely combined to manage what those two managed in the game, and obviously that could potentially be explained with the way Tampa was kind of deploying its lines tonight. They weren't really worried about stopping the Strom-Yanmark Express, I suppose. <laughs> so you're calling it. <laughs> I, I get after right. tonight, what else are you going to call it? I mean, like, they were the two kind of driving forces of the – the offense for the most part I thought a lot of other guys kind of had pedestrian efforts not great games but both of those players uh, played really well I thought the first period was a really good encapsulation of what Matthias Janmark kind of brings to the mix for the Blackhawks he gets to the dirty areas of the ice he does the little things really well his goal came off of a really nice play by Dominic Kubelik and it almost looked like kind of a fluke that he actually managed to get a shot on net because it looked like the puck kind of hit the hosel of his stick and just kind of skipped in past uh, Vasilevsky. I thought that was kind of hilarious because that is kind of Matthias Yanmark, right place, right time kind of guy. Mm -hmm. But then his play 
on the uh, second goal the Blackhawks scored. I really liked that he outworked the uh, Tampa defender who kind of pinched in near the blue line to kind of stop him along the boards. He managed to bulldoze his way past him, which is not something the Blackhawks were able to do a lot of tonight. I'm sure we will get into zone entries and all that later on, but he was able to do that, and then he put a really nice pass into the middle of the ice for Dylan Strom, who was able to kind of take advantage of some passive Tampa defense in front of the net to score. I just really thought thought that Yanmark was playing with a lot of uh, grit tonight and really uh, made a couple of really nice physical plays as well. Definitely a good night overall for him and very indicative of the value that he currently is holding for the Blackhawks. And you just look at his time on ice. Dude was on ice for 16-11 last night. He's getting some serious minutes from Jeremy Colleton, and rightfully so. Well, if you were uh, paying attention to the Blackhawks Twitter sphere today, you'll see that his name was specifically brought up in a trade suggestion by Scott Powers, it's, teams are looking at Matthias Janmark, and maybe the Hawks are showcasing him a little bit, right? Giving him a little more ice time than usual, letting him show what he can do, because that's the sort of dude, if you're a contender and you're looking to get better at the deadline, that's one of those sneaky moves that can certainly help you get over that mark. And we're definitely going to get into the trade conversation in the next segment for sure. But while we are on the topic of Janmark, I want to make sure I mention that. A little bit of news here. Columbus defeated Carolina tonight so they are now two points behind the Blackhawks in the standings the Hawks have 33 points at 14 12 and 5 while the uh, Jackets are 12 12 and 7 so they're closing that gap now like we said earlier the Hawks are up against the toughest teams in the league and it's they're going to get a little bit of a reprieve here coming up with, with Nashville and some other air quotes lesser teams but like I said before those are going to start to feel like must win games if they want to stay in this playoff hunt yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, you do have Nashville coming up, but then, oh, yeah, the Carolina Hurricanes are in town to end the month of March. Yeah, that's re real easy stuff going to be coming up for the Blackhawks there. But then, like you said, they do have the games against Nashville, Dallas and Columbus to uh, start out the month of April. So not only do you have those games against some teams that are below you in the standings, then you have games on March. April 10th and 12th against the Columbus Blue Jackets. You can try to put a little bit of uh, distance between you and that squad. So the Blackhawks just kind of have to finish out this really uh, rough stretch of games. They got two more against Florida coming up next week. And then, like you said, a little bit of a reprieve in the schedule. But it, it really cannot come at a better time. The Blackhawks have lost five of six. They have been struggling in a lot of different areas and – it's it's been kind of a rough watch lately and watching the team a little bit out in Arizona while I was out there it was just it was very very clear to me that they're deficient in some areas and I'm wondering just how long and how badly those deficiencies are going to end up hurting their uh, chances of getting that four seed in the playoffs yeah it's going to be an interesting because it's it's hard to it's hard for me to get a feel for the team right now because are they truly regressing or is it just the opponent right and when you're up against Florida and Tampa two of the best teams in the league definitely the two best teams in the I'm sorry in the discover card central division Whew. I gotta almost, say it right I almost didn't say that it's almost hard to, to say like what's going on with the Hawks well what's going on with the Hawks right now is they're playing really really good teams so I want to see how they look against a more standard opponent I know that sounds crazy <laughs> and maybe I'm just pushing the puck down the ice, so to speak. But I just it's really hard for me to panic right now because I've seen I've seen what these teams have done to everyone else they've played. They showed a stat 
after the Hawks scored the first goal of the game and said, Tampa's record when getting scored on first is 9-4-1. It's like, okay. So and, what you're telling me is they the, don't uh, care. Record, what's the record of the team that scores first between the Blackhawks and the Lightning this season? Uh, I, I don't know, but I feel like you do. At least in the last, uh, I believe it's the last four games, the team that has scored first has lost all four of the games. That's interesting. So what you're <laughs> telling me is that Cowden should pull the goalie and begin with six skaters and hope the Go Lightning ahead, score get, first. Give you a goal there, Vlad. You just get it. All right, speaking of goalies, uh, your thoughts on Kevin Lankinen's performance in this game? Um, I may have called him 10-ply. On Twitter, I saw that's that. a uh, letter Kenny reference for those keeping track at home. It's a lot of toilet paper, as far that as that may have been one of his worst games of the season. I was not overly fond of the way Lincoln had played tonight. I know he only gave up three goals, but just looked very shaky to me. Uh, he did not have good puck awareness, especially in the first period. It looked like he was kind of lost a little bit, maybe overthinking things a little bit. He kind of bounced back well towards the end, but it was not the kind of performance we've been used to seeing from Kevin Lankin. And even lately when the Blackhawks have been getting beaten by these good teams, Lankin has at least acquitted himself well. I don't think he did tonight. And I'm not going to get all up in arms about a rookie having a rough game, oh, especially course. with the body of work that Kevin Lankin has put together. But not, not a great game from him. That The second goal especially was just yeah. mind-boggling that he did not stop that shot. And I know the first one was slightly fluky. Got to cover the post a little bit better than he did. That second goal, though, ugh, put that on the tape and burn it. We never want to watch that one again. Yeah, that was a that was a soft goal, and I'm sure he'll be the first one to admit it. And you saw Yanni Gord after scoring that goal, sort of like, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm happy to have it. That was not great. Uh, the other thing in this one that's interesting, Duncan Keith was on the ice for every goal scored in this game. All six of them. For both teams. He's on the ice for all six. And who was it Kalorn that blew past him? Or I'm getting my goals mixed up here. It was, was, it was uh, Colton, I think. Colton, correct. When he, he was caught flat-footed and got blown by... Uh, boy, that... and poor Ryan Carpenter who's at the end of the shift just kind of helplessly waves his stick because he's like, I cannot catch up with that, man. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I was talking to Addie about this because she she takes an interest in the Hawks because they're playing so often that I'm almost always watching a Hawks game. So I'm explaining to her like Tampa is they won the cup last year and they're the best team and they're great. And I was saying to her, like, when you were little, this is how the Hawks were, where they had great line after great line and you it was just after time even if the team started playing well against them to begin after a while the Hawks would just wear them down because they were just too good to keep up with and I said think about Marion Hosa who went in the Hall of Fame on his first chance he was what the third or fourth best player on those teams like that that's amazing and that's something that the Lightning can say and oh yeah they also have the best goalie in the league too right and, so and let's and once again this has to be said they're doing all of this without their best player. Yes, which is insane. <laughs> it's just insane. I I I don't know. I Okay, I I did want to I want to ask you about this just real quick, not to get too far off the subject of this game, but I saw somebody say that Nikita Kucherov not playing this season is the most blatant example of going against the spirit of the salary cap in NHL history. What do you think of that? I mean, wouldn't they be 
better. I don't understand why. Like, thank you. The, the whole idea is you're literally playing without your best player. That it's not like you're somehow benefiting from him not being in the lineup. Yeah, you're cap compliant, but you're also without your best player. <laughs> right. Well, that's it's kind of. I mean, this isn't even as bad as that. But like, when people are like, "Oh, the Hawks are circumventing the cap by having Hosa retire." There's no chance in hell they wanted Marion Hosa to retire. He was still right. one of their best players. It wasn't like the Brent Seabrook thing. We're like, oh, no. No, you can't play I, I have seen. I have seen people complain about that, by the way. About the Seabrook thing? Yes. Uh, well, it's probably valid. Like, I, Look, as, for as much as we rip Sam Bowman for signing that deal, and we should, it's the dumbest thing Sam Bowman's ever done in his life. And I don't know anything about his childhood or his college years, but I'm very confident in saying that that Brent Seabrook contract is is the dumbest thing he's ever done in his life. Okay? Oh There's my. three years left on that after this one. There's no chance in hell Stan Bowman thought Brent Seabrook was going to play through that entire contract. No way. No way in hell did he think that. Hmm. You you really think that he thought Brent Seabrook was going to play at least 39? Probably not. No. Hell no. <laughs> so yes but know, also <laughs> like how why are you expecting brent seabrook to continue to play when he has no cartilage left in his hip and he's probably gonna have to get hip replaced that's what i'm saying are, are we just gonna like force him to play and continue to like get hurt himself there. like i don't i don't get what the end game is there if you want to say the blackhawks are circumventing the cap what are they supposed to do well i mean probably not sign him to an eight-year deal when he's 75 years old that would probably be a way to start but i get it you're trying to reward your guy and make sure he retires a blackhawk and yada all those fun marketing things but well he did oh my god i mean i i'm i'm very i i would like to get have stan bowman over a beer or a, for him maybe a bottle of wine and say stan you think stan the, bowman's a wine guy i don't know he might not drink at all i don't i, I truly don't know but um just to say stan what is the dumbest thing you've ever done? And then they'll say, well, once when I was six, be like, nope, try again. And he would just start thinking this stuff. Be like, nope, that wasn't it either. And then I would just hand him the printout from cap friendly and just highlight this Stan. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing you've ever done. Stupider contract. Brent Seabrook's eight year deal or Robert Quinn's five year deal with the Bears. Oh, do not do not invoke that. Do not put that illness on me. Ricky Bobby. Do not. <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about the Bears? No. Do we need to? I have to talk about the Bears all week at work. I don't want to. They make me sad <laughs> and angry. <laughs> My God, the incompetence is baffling. I can't. The Red Rifles in town, oh, baby. Right now, right now, that's the least of my problems because <laughs> you just, well, <laughs> you just cut Kyle Fuller. <laughs> yep. Oh, you're, you're letting Akeem Hicks uh, yeah. request a trade. Super. That's great. <laughs> and then Allen Robinson decided to sign his franchise center. He's probably worried the Bears were going to, you know, revoke it and then release him into the horrible free agent market for wide receivers dragging right now. me into this. You're making this happen. This is your fault. Here's the thing. Those are the moves you make when you get the stud quarterback. Yep. Like, oh, we just traded for Russell Wilson. We're a little cap strapped. Mm, this is going to hurt, but we're going to have to cut Kyle Fuller. And maybe we can trade Akeem Hicks and find a value defensive lineman. 
okay, fine. When that happens, you're like, I get it. It sucks, but you've finally, finally, finally have Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or whatever. But no, you've got Andy effing Dalton and no, no Kyle Fuller and potentially no Akeem Hicks. What's the point? And they talked to Kenny Galladay today for some reason. Fine. I said on Twitter today, would you trade Andy Dalton for Kyle Fuller? Yes, of course you would. If you wouldn't, you're a fool. Therefore, you should have just gone with Nick Foles and kept Kyle Fuller. You did this. Mitch Trubisky made $2.5 million from the Bills, Mitch by the way. Trubisky, by the way, is the best of the three quarterbacks we've mentioned. Dalton, Foles, <laughs> Trubisky. Mitch is the best of the three. <laughs> We've got so many people going, when did the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast become a football podcast? This is your fault. (laughs) All because I had to go and bring up Robert Quinn. I'm two beers in. I don't have Oh, you're drinking Uh, it. Well, I was drinking the scorehouse. I got to get in the mood. I'm drinking these. Ah, um, For once, you're drinking and I'm not. The 312 Lemonade Shandy? Oh, my friend. Oh, yes. Quite good. Mm. Quite good. Anyway, we need to wash the stink of the Bears conversation off of us. And what better to do it with than Dr. Squatch, Natural mm. Soap Company. That's a segue for the ages, my friend. Put that one in the podcast hall of fame. The soap, the hair care kits, the deodorant, the cologne, the toothpaste, the beard oil. If it goes on your body and it smells good, Dr. Squatch makes it and I use it and so does James. Go to drsquatch.com. Check out everything they have to offer. When you're ready to check out, enter that promo code MADHOUSE20. You'll save 20% on your order while helping the podcast at the same time. First timer, no problem. Here's what I recommend to everybody. You want to get one moisturizing bar of soap. You want to get one exfoliating bar of soap. My favorite, the moisturizer, is the Cool Fresh Aloe. That's a must. That is the best scent in the catalog of Dr. Squatch. The exfoliator, my favorite, is the Cold Brew Cleanse. But the Pine Tar is their most popular bar of soap. Either of those are spectacular. Check out the smells. Order the one you want. Or, hey, get them both because you're going to order Dr. Squatch and you're going to love it. Check out everything they have. Again, when you're ready to check out, use that promo code MADHOUSE20 and you'll save on your order and help us out, which is more important after all. And you'll smell great. You are going to smell great. That is a guarantee. I am uh, in my basement. I showered this morning at 630. I have been a little, I've been wearing headphones all day. I've been running around. I still smell great because of the deodorant. It's amazing. The Birchwood Breeze deodorant is A+. plus. So, so many great things at Dr. Squatch. By the way, James, you should know that on the I'm Fat podcast this week, I said Madhouse 20 and said the Madhouse podcast like 15 times by mistake. So Wrong even, podcast, brother. I know. So even when I'm not doing the Madhouse podcast... The Madhouse Podcast is in my heart. I mean, I had my Madhouse Podcast t-shirt out in Arizona this weekend. Nobody pointed it out, but I still rep the podcast. And also, just to kind of put a cherry on top of this story, guess what t-shirt I'm wearing right now? The Unfat Podcast t-shirt? You're darn right I you. am. You're the man. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, if you want a Madhouse Podcast t-shirt, madhousepodmerch.com. All right, James, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the uh, the story put out in the uh the rags as they call them today that we reported two weeks ago look at us we know what we're talking about we'll be right back on the madhouse chicago hockey podcast
Welcome back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski here in Homewood. James Naveau out there in Bourbon A. We just recapped the Hawks. 4-2 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And we're going to get into some uh, trade conversation next. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Fry the Coop and frythecoop.com, the best damn hot chicken you'll ever have. And they just opened their location in Tinley Park on Harlem. So make sure you go check them out. Head to frythecoop.com. Check out the menu items. They've got the chicken tenders. They've got the donut chicken sandwich. It's a plain old chicken sandwich, but it's Nashville hot chicken. And it is fantastic. Make sure, pro tip, when you go, you order that honey butter sauce. You're going to love it. It's going to just make that perfect meal perfecter. If that's a word, it's not, but it is now. <laughs> Go to frythecoop.com. You can place your order online, then pick it up at their windows. It could not be easier. It could not be safer. So we are very proud to be affiliated with Fry the Coop and uh, Joe Fontana and his family running things over there. Speaking of that, you may have noticed over the last two episodes of the Madhouse podcast that we have not mentioned our friends at Marishka's, and that's for good reason. After six, is there a six year? This is our sixth year, yeah. Yeah, so into our sixth year, talked to Joe Zdralovich over there at Marishka's, and he said, you know what? I'm a big fan of both your podcasts, and I wanted to see if I can like dip into a different audience. So Joe has moved over uh, Marishka's to the I'm Fat podcast, so everything's good with Marishka's. They are not just bailing on us. He's just sort of switching it up, trying to reach a new audience, and uh, we are so proud and thrilled to have been affiliated with Marishka's for the last six years, and they will always be part of the Madhouse podcast. Whenever they want to come back, whenever they want to host us, whatever, um, we are we forever love them. So nothing wrong there. Everything's good. Joe just wanted to sort of try to hit a different uh, niche a little bit. So Joe just loves Rick more than me. Um, well, you know what? If you're looking at it from a business perspective, Rick Camp is going to eat more food than you. There's, there's two, I was waiting to see how that one was going to finish, and uh, I can't rebut that statement. No, there's no doubt about that. Like Rick will might eat you if you stand in between him and Marishka. So I, I think that's a safe that, – that's why they've been in business since 1933, shrewd business decisions like that. All right, a couple things before we wrap up. Sam Bowman talked on St. Paddy's Day. I don't know why I made that reference, but it, he just happened to speak that day. And verified James's idea and my report that the Hawks are indeed willing to take on contracts with their long-term injured reserve space. He said they're not looking for rentals, but could look at pieces that fit their long-term plans. He said trade talks have picked up lately. Okay, there's one thing. The other thing, our guy Scott Powers today for The Athletic wrote the most specific headline you've ever seen in the history of media. Why the Islanders could trade for Blackhawks forward Matthias Janmark. Now, <laughs> when I see a headline that specific, it makes me think, wow, Matthias Janmark's going to be an Islander like tomorrow. Right. But here's why. Anders Lee, their captain, one of their best players, is done for the year with a torn ACL. No chance of him coming back. Islanders GM Lou Lamorello was on the look was on the hunt for winging winger help anyway before the injury happened and like we talked about earlier we know the season Matthias Janmark's been having his 10th goal of the season tonight had five shots on goal tonight like I said earlier this is the kind of guy who if you're looking to solidify your roster for the playoffs or for a playoff push this is exactly the sort of low cost high upside signing trade you make and the Hawks are in prime position now 
for the first time in how long do the Hawks have some leverage? The Hawks can actually have teams get in a bidding war for their players, and that is great news for Sam Bowman. Yeah, I'm of kind of two minds when it comes specifically to Yanmark. I really do like what he kind of is bringing to the table right now for them. And my question then is, has the timeline for the Blackhawks to contend moved up just a little bit with kind of the emergence of guys like Kevin Lankinen and to a lesser extent, Pia Suter and Philip Kurashev? Or is it still the same? Are they still looking to potentially contend in probably like three years instead of in one or two? If it's the latter of those philosophies, then I think trading Matias Yanmark makes sense. But if it's the former and they think that they could potentially contend next year, bring in a guy like Lucas Reichel, get a couple other uh, good solid guys in here, then maybe it would make more sense to hang on to Yanmark because I don't think he's going to get a massive uh, free agent deal. He's only making, I think, $2.25 million this season, will be an unrestricted free agent at year's end. I wonder if maybe it would make more sense to keep him if you do think that you're potentially going to contend in a year or two. Well, I see what you're saying. And I, I look, I, would I rather have Yanmark than not, than not? Definitely. But the fact that he's unrestricted does not take away, even if you do trade him, if he enjoyed his time here, he might be willing to resign. And maybe you can even say to him, like, look, uh, we're going to deal you with the deadline, give you a chance to go win, but we'd love to have you back. Uh, and maybe they give him an extra 200000 or something, you know, that they maybe weren't planning on just for saying, hey, like, consider us first, right? That sort of thing. But how often does that actually happen? I don't know. It, maybe not. But I don't know. I think the Hawks are in a unique position for once where they have some cap space to play with. I think what you could get for Yanmark is probably worth more than Yanmark, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Complete sense. I so, think that... I think you're right on with that. So here's what uh, Scott Power says. Uh, this is very well broken down. I'm not going to read the whole thing because I want you to read it yourself. Um, but here's the, the the headline says, what would the Blackhawks want in exchange? The Hawks would probably start the conversation with a first round pick. No, they wouldn't get it. But Sam Bowman has to try. Barclay Goodrow and a third round pick did bring San Jose a first rounder from Tampa last season. Once the first round pick offers rejected, the Hawks would have to see if a second or third round pick pick could get the deal done. Pick, not prick. <laughs> they were willing to part with Eric Gustafson for a third round pick last season. A later round pick plus a prospect might do the trick too. The athletic Scott Wheeler gave some insight into who might be of interest for the Hawks. Robin Salo is a guy to keep an eye on. Otto Koivula, I think I said that right. And the coolest name in the history of hockey Bodie Wild. Oh, man. <laughs> I want that guy just because his name is Bodie Wild. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to surf into the United Center every night, bro. I'm Bodie Think Wild. Think of the t-shirt possibilities. <laughs> Born to be Bodie Wild. Oh, my God. I'm in. I'm in. And here's another name, and I just have to say it. Yes. Our, our beloved Andrew Ladd's name is being mentioned. Oh, good Lord. Can you imagine? the uproar, the furor that would happen if that trade came to pass. Lad is not playing. That's that's one thing. Yeah. Uh, he's also, I want to double check that I have this information correct. He's got three years left. Yep. At five and a half million. Uh-huh. That's, uh, that's not good. That's, that's a that, spicy meatball. That's a tough contract to take on. But if you're taking on that contract, 
God, the return goes up. You're getting something big in return. No. Tavo. <laughs> Even though he's not on the Islanders. Ta- Tavo <laughs> level is what I, I yes. meant, but I was just going to kind of let it float there, I think. Just to uh, hurt my heart one more time. I appreciate it. I mean, it. but that's kind of the vibe that you would no, have. No, definitely. The mentality you have to go into it with, a- right? Andrew Ladd for the Islanders is Brian Bickle for the Blackhawks. It's the same Boom. thing. So if you want us to take on Andrew Ladd, You've got to give us your Tavo. Sorry. That's what it is. And it might not be the Islanders. Well, it has to be the Islanders if it's Lad. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to take on a deal like Lad from whatever team, here is a problematic contract that otherwise we wouldn't be able to move. You want us to use our cap space? You've got to give us a first-round pick or a stud prospect or maybe both. So that's something to keep an eye on. As the trade deadline approaches, uh, the Hawks – actually have some leverage and you know this is the first time bowman's really had this right where he's had leverage on people i want to see if he does enough and i feel like this is going to be a big conversation on april 12th at 301 p.m after the trade deadline passes did bowman get enough for what he gave up did you know you share a birthday with andrew ladd by the way i do know that yes i do how about that yeah i'm also a day uh, most deaf and I are a day off. Ah, yes. It, doesn't he have a new name now? Does he? Thought he did. Well, I bought I bought his record, uh, black on both sides today, and I'm like, how old is most deaf? And he's 47, but he's born it's, on I December 11. I think it's Jason Bay now, or something like that. I think I his birth his birth name is Yasin Bay. Yasin Bay, there it is. Yeah. But that's his name. I thought for some reason he was going by that name now when he was performing. Oh, wait, no. He was born Dante Terrell Smith. I'm what? confused. What are you doing? All I know is I bought his record today, and it's good. Anyway. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> That's so we've not why to, people are paying to listen to us. We've talked about most deaf and the Bears, so I think that means it's time to wrap things up here. Probably. Yeah, I think Got so. Got anything else, Jay? Any uh, more uh, stuff you need to get off your chest? If you're going to drag me there, I got I got a lot to get off my chest. This this music bad place for a long time, my friend. <laughs> you want to take me there, I'll go there with you. I'll tell you what really clips my begonias. Pat Foley called a 7-7-3 seven, seven record 500 today. Uh-oh. Well, he's wrong. So apparently all the Blackhawks broadcasters are now conspiring against it's me. It's not 500. It's seven wins and ten losses. That's not 500. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Troy Murray says it. Then it's correct. Well, I just, you don't want to get cross-checked by Troy Murray like I'm going to get. That's going to be so fun. That should be our, our, that should be our post-quarantine promotion. I was going to say, that is my uh, COVID vaccine celebration. (laughs) We'll be allowing Troy Murray to cross-check me. I will be there. I will buy a front row ticket. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, We'll be back, I don't know, soonish. I don't know. We got to figure out our schedule. Dogs play again on Saturday. Saturday afternoon. Yeah. So maybe we'll do one Saturday afternoon. Who knows? We'll be back soon. Keep an eye on our Twitter account. Also, another thing. I'm going to start in-game tweeting from the Madhouse Podcast Twitter account. I think that might help us a little bit. Get some more followers. Get some more eyes on the podcast. So be looking for that. James and I live tweeting from the Madhouse Podcast Twitter at Madhouse Pod. All right. That's going to do it. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. We'll talk to you soon on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Fry the Coop, Dr. Squatch, and by Triple Threat Sports. 
Amira Rose Davis, historian and co-host of the sports podcast, Burn It All Down. And now I'm hosting the new season of American Prodigy, all about Black girls in gymnastics. For the last 40 years, Black gymnasts have moved from the margins to the core of the sport and changed gymnastics along the way. Now they tell their stories. You'll meet trailblazers like Diane Durham, superstars like Jordan Childs, and everyone in between. Listen to American Prodigies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.